You're listening to the Food Freedom Podcast, hosted by me, Dylan Murphy, Registered Dietitian Nutritionist. Food Freedom Podcast explores the topics of intuitive eating, mindset, and body respect to help you create a lifestyle of lasting food freedom. We believe it's possible to feel confident in your food choices and connected to your body. And here on the Food Freedom Podcast, we will show you how. I'm the owner of Free Method Nutrition, a nutrition coaching practice helping women make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. We welcome all foods over here from kale salads to queso and everything in between. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Food Freedom Podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, I'm so excited for this interview. I feel like we've been talking about this for a while and life has just been crazy. So I'm glad that we are finally making this happen. I know, finally. I feel like we always talk about this kind of thing and yes, it's just been now we're recording so wild. It so other people yes. can hear it. <laughs> um, so for people who are listening who may not know who you are, um, just introduce yourself. Tell me who you are, what you do, that sort of thing. So I'm Lauren. I run the page on Instagram at Low and Lemons, where I help women with um, who are struggling mostly with like the binge restrict cycle. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I'm excited about that. Um, So I have my own private practice. It's a virtual private practice, very similar to Dylan. Um, And we've kind of collaborated on things in the past. And uh, yeah, so I'm really passionate about just, you know, helping women feel really empowered in their bodies and empowered in their relationship that they have with food. Yeah, that's awesome. And we, I was trying to remember how we met. I feel like we met maybe just through Instagram and then we met in person at Icon Live. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, Instagram yeah, friends we were- and then real friends so many people at, at icon live that i was like friends on instagram and i was yes. like oh, you're a real person <laughs> i know that was so crazy yeah. um so what led you and i don't even know if i you've told me this before like what kind of led you to want to become a dietitian yeah so i feel like i get this question a lot and i just like it's it's crazy but i was very into sports in high school i i played the cross and i played field hockey and um i think that i just never really had to think about weight or anything because i was always so so active like um you know if i was playing field hockey in the fall like i was also playing lacrosse full time like um even out of season. So I like never had to worry about weight. I ended up, um, you know, not playing sports as often. And I kind of saw weight coming and creeping up on me. And I, I did research and I just, I couldn't find anything that I was like supposed to be doing. Um, it's like, Oh, don't eat carbs. Don't eat this. Lower your fat intake. And I was just so overwhelmed by it. And I was like, I want to learn from the roots. Like what is, um, what you're really supposed to be doing. I remember being like at the gym um, during like one of my off season workouts and there was like a loudspeaker that said something like, you know, 80% diet, 20% exercise. And I was like, what? Like diet? Like what even, like I used to come home from lacrosse practice and eat an entire sleeve of Oreos and not, I don't think at the time it was because I was restricting them. I think it was genuinely because I just like loved Oreos and I just Mm -hmm. like, I was so hungry because I wasn't fueling myself properly for the 
athletic performance that I was, yeah. you know, exerting. So, um, so it, I got into it originally because I really just wanted to learn about like what was the proper way to fuel your body. Um, was I allowed to eat carbs? Was I allowed to have fats? You know, all of that stuff. So I obviously know now that we can include all foods yeah. in a healthy diet. Um, but from there, so I, I went to the University of Delaware and I knew that I really wanted to be a dietitian, like all the schools that I applied to were all for nutrition. Like I knew I was going into nutrition. Um, and then from there, I had a lot of anxiety in my freshman, sophomore years of college. And I don't think it was ever really about food, but it was about the anxiety that I had and trying to control something. So I was very obsessive with trying to control my food intake and my exercise routine because I was – I felt so out of control in other areas of my life because I was so anxious. Um, I'm an only child. So being away from home was like really difficult for me. Uh, just getting acclimated to everything, you know, new friends, new comfort levels, all of these different things. So I, um, I stopped my sophomore year. I started the BBG, you know, those Kila mm. It Seems yes. workouts, which are great workouts. But for me, with a type A mind, when it says mm -hmm. you're supposed to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday, these workouts, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I was not letting myself skip those. Mm. Um, I It was very regimented and even if I I specifically remember like really not feeling well some days and I just I would push through it um because I was like you know I was very strong-minded and I and it had been ingrained in me from lacrosse and field hockey like you don't give up like you mm -hmm. push through that kind of stuff so I always had that mindset um especially with exercise so and then from there obviously that led into me controlling my food intake. I restricted mm -hmm. sugar. I remember Halloween. Uh, so October of my sophomore year, I um, cut out sugar because mm -hmm. I was like, well, Halloween's coming up and I don't want to, you know, eat candy on Halloween. So let's yeah. choose October for the no sugar month, <laughs> um, which now I'm like, I would never do that. <laughs> Even though Halloween candy, like, isn't my favorite. I'm, I'm like a uh -huh. big fan of like Reese's, but oh, that's my not really, favorite. Yeah. Always like chocolate and peanut butter. Always. Yes. Um, so yeah, I guess that's kind of what, how, mm -hmm. like I got into nutrition originally and then I kind of found more of like what I want. I didn't realize at first there was so much you could do in nutrition. Um, yeah. So that kind of brought me to the non-diet space because I finally got to a place where I realized that I could, you know, still be healthy and include all of my favorite foods. I've always been mm -hmm. such a foodie. Um, and that brought me to where I am now. That's awesome. That's very, very similar to what led me to become a dietitian too. I played yeah. a lot of sports in high school and I feel like I noticed that too of like, oh, like food definitely plays a role in my performance and yeah. I come home from practice and I am so hungry. But then I feel like it's easy to get into it for the wrong reasons of like, okay, and now I'm going to be able to control my weight and I'm going to look like this and oh, I need to eat as clean and healthy as possible and it's easy for that like pursuit of wellness to become like an obsession. Yeah. And I think a big thing for me too was in college being that, 
face of health and being that face yes. of like a nutrition major and it's like I always wanted to be the girl that was like oh she's so healthy and like yeah. I was praised for it I was like mm. everybody's like wow I wish I had your determination I wish I had your willpower and at the time I obviously didn't know it was about it wasn't about willpower yeah um I literally was like I was struggling and nobody thought mm -hmm. that I was and I didn't even know at the time that I was I was just kind of like oh I'm just really healthy and like it sucks that I can't have a brownie, but you know, I got to commit yeah. to the healthy lifestyle, even though that wasn't healthy at all. Yes. That's such a good point when people make comments and they, I guess they think they're complimenting you and I, I get what they're you know wanting to say, but then the way that you take it in, it's like, okay, I need to keep doing this because people are approving of this. Like I'm getting right. praise and it's easy for that to lead into the thought of like, okay, people are complimenting me now on my weight or on my eating pattern. So if I change anything, what if they start thinking the opposite of me? What if they stop right. complimenting me? Right. And when you're in that mindset, it's very hard to think it's your whole persona. Like mm -hmm. you are that, like you are to, to you, you think that everybody just identifies you as that, you know, girl who's really healthy and that's yeah. what you identify as when there's so many other you know things to you and to life and you have so many other characteristics that you can you know um what's the word I don't know what word I'm looking for but <laughs> you know what I mean yes like you have more to bring to the table than exactly like how healthy or not healthy or whatever you eat right yeah. right which is hard as dietitians too, because I feel like, especially when I meet people who don't really understand like the non-diet, anti-diet space and they find out I'm a dietitian and I feel like this happens to all dietitians. They're like, yes. oh my gosh, you do not want to know what I ate last night. Oh, or like, I'm like, oh, do you just eat salads all the time? <laughs> like, I know. No. <laughs> like what know, you ate last night? I probably would <laughs> Right. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like you are judging me more than yes. I judge what you're eating. Like yes. if I'm like, you know, having pizza out, I mean, obviously my friends know at this point, but if like mm -hmm. there's somebody new that I meet or, you know, and we're yes. out and I get pizza, like I'm always, which is so dumb, but I'm always afraid that somebody should be like, oh, you're a dietitian. You eat that. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's like, yes, I freaking eat that all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, Gosh. Yeah. But I think that is a really difficult part. And Honestly, people, I think it's important for people to remember that you guys play the food police a lot more on us than we do on you. Yeah, that's so true. Some, sometimes I'm like, I literally just want to tell people when I meet new people, I'm like, I am an accountant. Like, I'm not a dietitian. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that I just avoid all that comment. Like, oh. I know. What do you think of the keto diet? What yeah. Do I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. Like, I don't want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so you mentioned this earlier in terms of the binge restrict cycle. And I want to talk about that because I talk about that a lot with clients. And I know you do, too. And we see it a lot on social media. But I think it would first be helpful to kind of explain what exactly we mean when we talk about the binge restrict cycle because some people may know like when we say that what that means but then some people mm -hmm. there may be some confusion yep. so describe to me a little bit what exactly is the binge restrict cycle or what it may look like yeah so um the binge restrict cycle is essentially exactly what the words are saying but basically so Pretend that 
you're just an average person and you don't allow ice cream in your house, right? So that is technically like mentally restricting, even though it's very normalized in our society to be like, I can't mm -hmm. keep sweets in the house. Um, so that person doesn't keep ice cream in their house, right, or any type of sweets. So then they go out to a, um, you know, a gathering or, or a, you know, ice cream social, mm -hmm. and they want like three bowls of ice cream because it's taking so much for them to be satisfied because the body is smart and it recognizes, oh, I'm not allowed to have this, so I'm going to get it all in. And now, and so that I can kind of like save up and like enjoy this experience until she allows it to me again. So basically, whether you're mentally restricting or physically restricting, um, so mentally meaning like you might not even realize that you're restricting yeah. and then physically like actually not allowing it in your house, mm -hmm. um, it, it can tend to lead to binging or overeating, which we can chat on the difference yeah. between binging and overeating. But the biggest thing is just mentally or physically restricting leads to the binging because your body is smart and it knows when something is not available, it wants to get it all in. And that's what leads to the binge. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so like using that example, someone is restricting ice cream, whether they realize they're doing it or not, like you mentioned, like maybe they just, I see this with clients all the time kind of just get into the habit of like yeah we don't buy ice cream like we don't keep mm -hmm. ice cream at home or like we never buy potato chips or things like that where you're not maybe purposely restricting but it's a food that you've declared off limits so then you eat it you probably eat it in abundance whether it's overeating or binging what do you usually see happen after that like someone binges someone overeats and then what usually is like what do they do next yeah. So then the restrict binge cycle starts over again. Yeah. So if you see, you know, if you go to that ice cream social and you binge on the ice cream, um, then the next day your mindset is likely, okay, diet starts tomorrow. I'm going to get mm -hmm. all this ice cream. in. so it's not only your body realizing that it's restricted. It's also your mind being like, yeah. oh, well, I might as well eat all of this ice cream now because F it. I'm going to, yeah. you know, I've ruined my day already. And tomorrow I will be better. I will eat good, um, mm. quote, unquote. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> eat good and, uh, you know, I, I'll restrict ice cream again. So then it's, that's why it's a cycle because it's, it's a toxic cycle because you're restricting and then it ends in a binge. And then you just have to do it all over again because you, you feel guilty and you're mad at yourself that you ended up binging and you're mad at yourself that you didn't have a, quote, enough willpower but it's not mm -hmm. really about the willpower yeah um there's so many aspects to it that we can just yes. like keep unpeeling the layers but yeah. overall that's really you know what it's all about mm, yes and then yeah it's like i mean i describe it as like a hamster wheel where clients mm -hmm. are just like running on it and they feel like they can never get off and it makes sense because like what you mentioned like you overeat on whatever the food may be like ice cream and then of course you're immediately flooded with guilt and shame of like how can i do that i don't have enough willpower all of those lies and then lead you to restrict and then that restricting is going to eventually lead you to a binge again right. um and so kind of talking about the difference between binging and overeating how would you differentiate between those two yeah, so it can be hard because I think a lot of people just classify overeating as binging. Um, so I think the difference is 
not necessarily the intention, but like how you feel while it's happening. So some people mm. will explain a binge as almost like blacking out, like the yeah. food barely even has taste anymore. You're just doing it because you feel out of control and you're just like mm-hmm. eating almost as like a compulsion. Um, mm. Whereas overeating, it's like, okay, I know I'm full, but this just tastes really good and I want some more. Yes, yes. That's a good a good way to put it. Because I find like you said, sometimes people feel like they binged, but then when we really look at it, it's like, okay, no, I think that was just overeating, which it still has a result in that like restrict binge cycle. It's like restrict binge slash overeating cycle, but they do kind of have different like intentions a lot of times or that mindset, like you said, where binging, I mean, they both can be kind of a subconscious thing, but I feel like binging, it's much more like, like I like the way you phrased it, like blacking out basically where you're not even fully realizing that you're doing it. And I feel like a lot of times, and this may even tie in with overeating as well, the food is more like you're going to food for other things besides just like enjoyment and satisfaction. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to food to curb some sort of emotion like sadness, anger, guilt, things like that. Um, which can also make that the binge part of the restrict binge cycle go even deeper because you're like, okay, well now I feel guilty. I'm already eating ice cream. So I might as well just keep eating it because I already messed up. Um, yeah. So then when you have clients who are navigating this restrict binge cycle, what, what are some tips that you give them to like, stop the cycle and get off of that hamster wheel. Yeah. So at at first I think that people have a lot of trouble because to get out of that phase of restriction, a lot of times you're going to feel very out of control at first, because if you're starting to expose yourself to foods that were previously restricted, your body is going to almost think that it's in that, you know, binge phase where it's going to think it has to overeat those foods because it doesn't trust you that these foods Mm -hmm. are going to be allowed. So at first it can be, you really have to have a lot of grace with yourself and remember that this is normal, that Mm -hmm. you might overeat those foods at first. I more often than not, honestly. Um, so my first thing would be have grace with yourself and really Mm -hmm. expose your, like it's different for everyone, but I do find that people who really dive dive in and they're like, I'm just going to go all in. I'm going to let myself have these foods. They, and it depends on the personality. It really does. But, yeah. um, but being able to just kind of dive in and, and, um, expose themselves to those previously restricted foods, having grace with themselves and knowing that this will even out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest thing is letting go of that restriction. Um, because you can't really work on anything else until, until you work on that restriction. And then on the other side of things, you know, if they're still experiencing the binging, we'll do some work where, um, they have like a list of things to, uh, kind of take themselves away from the moment, um, ground themselves and help deal with the binging side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And tell me more about that. Cause I know you were talking about that on your stories, maybe yesterday or a few days yeah. ago. Um, yeah. So tell me more about what some strategies you may use with clients to help them navigate the like binge part of that restrict binge cycle. Yeah. So for the binge part, I always have them, um, whether it's the binge or it's like coming from an emotional place, I always have mm-hmm. them, um, kind of come up with a 
nutrition survival kit or binge eating survival mm -hmm. kit where I make them um, create a folder in their photos and um, take us and go into their notepad and write mm -hmm. like one, two, three, four, five things that really get them out of their head, whether mm -hmm. it's walking, whether it's walking with a podcast, whether it's taking a shower, taking a bath, um, you know, doing an essential oils routine, something that really yeah. gets them out of their head and grounds them. Um, is really helpful so then they just take a screenshot of that note on their phone or if they wrote it out they can just take a picture of it and put mm -hmm. it in that nutrition toolbox binge toolbox whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it so that every single time that they're mid binge or if they feel like they're about to binge they go to that toolbox and survival kit and um look at it and see okay yeah. right now like i could do one of these activities i tell them to do it for like five to 20 minutes and then mm -hmm. afterwards if they still want that food it's okay you don't have to yeah. beat yourself up like oh i tried this activity i still want it like that's okay the whole point is that you recognized a binge was about to happen or you recognize that a bin you were mid binge and you took action to mm -hmm. uh make it stop you know yeah. you you had the intention of of engaging in a healthier behavior um, mm -hmm. for whatever was starting that binge, whether it was emotion or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. I love that idea of like a nutrition or like a binge survival kit, because what I see a lot too, and I do similar things like that with clients is when we're talking about how to navigate these binges or overeating, it can be hard if it's something that is so like autopilot, like we were saying earlier, mm -hmm. where they just, blackout. It's hard to bring that awareness into the moment. And so if someone hasn't already in a more like neutral, like kind of even state of emotion thought through like, okay, what, what are things that would help me when I'm in a binge or when I'm tempted to binge or kind of when I'm caught up in those kind of moments? Cause it's hard to think of that in the moment, like right. mid overeating, mid binge, like okay, what do I need to do instead of this? Like, mm -hmm. and that's so hard, which maybe would even lead you to binge more because then you just get overwhelmed with, I don't know what to do to stop this. So I'm just going to keep going. But having yes. that list and then being able to see like, oh yeah, I remember I wrote this. Here's five things. Let me just pick one and try it. Right. See if it works. Um, and I love that you said too, like giving even like a certain time, like five minutes to 20 minutes. And then after you may still want the food, you may still eat that's fine. But you've brought more like mindfulness into the yeah. moment too. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. really good. I like that. Yeah. There's a big piece there too with um, like reframing. So if somebody ends up doing the activity for five, 20 minutes and then they're mm -hmm. like, Oh, I still want the food. Like, and somebody might can like one of my clients might, uh, consider that a roadblock or a fail and mm -hmm. it's like oh but I tried and it didn't work it's like no you can reframe that into a win yeah. you stopped yourself mid-binge you recognized it was going to happen that is a huge win you're not just automatically gonna you know go from restrict binge cycle and then suddenly you start implementing these um these tools that are going to mm -hmm. ground you and then it's magically going to stop. Like it's slow, yeah. steady steps and you have to take every little win and remember that this is a win and you can reframe mm -hmm. every fail into a win because you're, you're still working on things and you're making progress. It's just, you know, the thought, our thought process is to always assume that we failed. Mm, yes. And I feel like we can all be so hard on ourselves. So we see 
like, okay, I did that grounding exercise, but then I still ended up eating ice cream. I failed, Mm -hmm. but no, you didn't fail. And it's helping to see too, with the whole idea of binging and overeating, it's not to say that eating ice cream is bad, but it's helping you Mm -hmm. pause to see what is my motivation right now? Like, am I going to this ice cream because I genuinely want it? Or are there these emotions present? Have I been restricting the ice cream? Like what is leading me to have the ice cream? So you people may find after doing the exercise that they picked out, they still want the ice cream and that's great. They probably are gonna also enjoy it more than they would have eating it out of just that like restriction or like binge mindset. Exactly. Yeah, that's so good. Um, And then thinking through like, say someone is in a binge or like starting to overeat, starting to binge and they don't, use strategies from their toolkit because it's just so on autopilot the binge happens and then they're very tempted to jump back to that restricting what are some strategies you give clients in that moment of like okay it happened that's okay like let's see what we can learn from it like what are some tips or strategies that you may walk through with clients yeah so I actually just had an example of this. One of my clients just messaged me being like, uh, I like really didn't eat well last night. I overate or whatever it was. And I'm really tempted to restrict today. Mm-hmm. So first I asked her, okay, what exactly happened? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what exactly went on? Did you, you know, eat an entire pint of ice cream? Like, and where did that come from? So I really want them mm-hmm. to assess like, okay, was this from, mental restriction and mental restriction can literally you don't know it's happening like you could literally just still have the thought that like ice cream is bad and you restrict it but you you might think to yourself like oh no I I think ice cream's fine but you mentally still don't believe it um which takes time Mm to but um what I told her was remembering that we are working on your relationship with food if you restrict today, it's just going to continue to go on this restrict mm-hmm. binge cycle. And I always tell them to come back to their why. So yeah. why are you on this journey? It's because this restrict binge cycle, I mean, this might not be for everyone, but often because this restrict binge cycle is interrupting other areas of your life, right? So whether it's your social life, whether it's your relationships, whether, you know, your husband is just sick and tired of like him making dinner and you saying you don't want that, like, Mm -hmm. and you're sick of it too, because you feel really bad that you can't eat whatever he makes because you don't know what he put on it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So coming back to their why and remembering that why they're here and why they're doing this, because, I always make my clients write out their why because it is a really, it's not as exciting as weight loss. Like when somebody Mm -hmm. sees a dietitian for weight loss, it's all exciting. It's like, Oh yay, Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose weight and everything's going to be great. And which isn't necessarily. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But with this, like it is amazing on the other side, but it's so hard to see it in the moment. Mm -hmm. So 
coming back to that why, reminding yourself why you're doing this. Also, a really good strategy that I like to use is um, like doing some journaling and writing out as your future self, pretending mm, you're actually yes. that person and like write out like, okay, this morning I woke up. I actually wasn't hungry right when I got up. So I actually just waited. I had some water. Um, whatever you want that ideal day to look like for mm -hmm. you. Oh, it's Friday. My friend asked me to go out to dinner and I went with you know, excitement. I wasn't mm. hesitant. I had such a fun time. I was able to be present. You know, the food was amazing. I didn't feel any guilt. Like what is that dream day, that ideal scenario day look like for you? And journaling that out and remembering and writing exactly as you want that day to look as mm. if you are already that person. Yeah. I love doing that exercise with clients and then taking it from there of like, Okay, so now we see where you want to be. What's holding you back from getting to that point? And yeah. then that can help them identify like, okay, now I see X, Y, and Z that I need to work on. And the reason I want to work on that is because I want to be able to go out to dinner with my friends on a Friday night and be excited instead of be nervous, anxious, want to skip because we're going to go get Mexican and that's going to be off of my diet, quote unquote. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good exercise yeah. to do. Another thing is affirmations with someone mm. like, it depends on the person again, but most of the time, if they have a morning affirmation, um, I, I will write down exactly what I want them to say and have them just kind yeah. of tweak it to, to make it feel, you know, fluid to them. Um, so I think, one that I had someone write was something like she was having a lot of trouble with understanding that she's a previous calorie counter. So, mm -hmm. you know, counting calories, you really think that your body needs the exact same amount of calories every single day, which is not the truth. Um, yeah. So she was having a really hard time with like not eating the same portions every day. And she's like, I don't understand why didn't this fill me up today? Like I ate mm -hmm. so much today. So I had her do an affirmation that was like, I acknowledge that days will ebb and, ebb and flow. Um, I will honor my hunger and fullness today. Mm -hmm. And even if it feels really weird at first, and even if it, you don't believe it, like the whole, yeah. that's the purpose. That is the yeah. point of you continuously, not only writing it down in the morning, but continuously repeating it to yourself throughout the day mm -hmm. until you believe it. Yeah. Because a lot of times when you first think of an affirmation or even think of how to reframe something negative into something more positive, respectful, it doesn't feel true at first. It's like, there, no, like that's yeah. not true. But the more, like, especially I see this with my clients, the more they repeat it to themselves, the more they almost look for proof of how it could be true, then you start to see like, okay, I think this is possible. It feels very very weird at first like mm -hmm. I remember when I was doing it more in terms of like business I just mm -hmm. I was like this is so dumb like this is not yeah. going to change my thought processes like this is so dumb but you know I was like okay you know I trust my business coach and I know she knows what she's talking about so I'm just gonna do it like yeah. fine and it literally changes the game yeah it does and I know I even tell clients that I'm like I know this may seem silly or crazy or like might not be the type of thing that you think would work but yes. just try it <laughs> like yes <laughs> I promise you it's gonna work yes yeah. so then if someone is listening and they're like okay 
I recognize that this is something I struggle with. Like I mm-hmm. for sure can relate and the tips are helpful, but I just, I have so much trouble stopping that whole cycle or I think that I'm doing good and then the, a binge comes again and then I'm back to restricting and it's occurring again and again. So what would you say to that person to really help and motivate them um, kind of like away from that and helping them to believe that, like what we were just saying, believe that it is possible for them to not be caught up in that binge restrict cycle? Yeah. Um, I think first things first is remember that honestly so many people have been through this you are not alone whatsoever i mean the the fact that we're even doing a podcast episode on it like obviously Mm -hmm. so many people struggle with this um second would be if you have been in this cycle and if you've done things to try and fix it on your own um and it's just not working a lot of the times it's also very normal to need someone to guide you through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding a dietitian that specializes in this is mm-hmm. life changing. Um, and then again, uh, that journal exercise writing out as your future self, like, why do you want to stop this? You know, how is it affecting your life? Um, there's obviously a reason that you want it to stop because if it didn't bother you, then it wouldn't even be a thing. So asking yourself like, what, how is this affecting my life and why do I want it to stop and how badly do I want this to stop? Um, Because if you don't want it to stop and if you don't know where the intention is coming from, you're not going to honestly be successful in stopping it because you have to, and I think a lot of the times, um, the fear behind people, you know, they'll they'll know exactly why they want it to stop and how it's affecting their lives, but they're like, I just can't because I'm worried mm-hmm. that I'm going to gain weight if mm-hmm. I stop this. So, um, you know, then there's a lot of work that we have to do there uh, about the fear of weight gain and how to honor your, and that's why it takes a lot of work. And it's so helpful to work with a dietitian because, you know, we've been through this. We know, we know how you're thinking most of the time. Um, I was joking with my friend the other day. I was like, so many people will come to us and we're like, oh, I just, I don't know why I, I can't stop the binge restrict cycle. And within the first five minutes, we know exactly why, you know, yeah. um, and we can pinpoint it. And that's what we're here for. And that's why we specialize mm-hmm. in this. Um, so if you can make that investment, honestly, that would be the biggest thing I would recommend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think knowing, I tell clients this all the time of like, there's people who make their career off of helping people navigate this so the fact that like you and I have full-time careers in this line of work shows that the person who's struggling with it is not alone that there's lots of people out here who have the same struggle and sometimes you can navigate on your own and that's great and there's also a ton of free resources and social media and all of that but sometimes having someone else come in and really kind of see the whole picture and see it from a different viewpoint than you can can be really, really powerful as well. Yeah. And I love what you brought up too, because that, I mean, that's like, we could go talk for another hour on that Mm -hmm. about just a fear with weight gain of, okay, so if I stop this restrict binge cycle, especially the restrict part, what's going to happen to my weight? And that, yeah, that is 
a whole nother topic, but it is, I mean, and that's where I think is so important bringing someone else in a dietitian, a therapist, both to that journey to really help you make peace with what may happen to your weight, whether it goes up, goes down, stays the same, because then at the end of the day, it's bringing it back to what you were talking about of that, like visualization of who you want to be in the future. And probably when people do that, especially if they're really thinking of like, okay, five years from now, like, what do I want my life to look like? What, how would I describe my day? You're probably not going to describe like, oh, and I put on a jeans that are this size and I weigh this much. And you're not going to think about that sort of stuff because you're thinking so much bigger than your body because freedom from like all of that is way or so worth it. Yes, exactly. Uh, And that kind of leads into a little bit of um, an exercise that I'm kind of on the fence about recommending, but um, (laughs) I've, I've found it helpful for the people that Mm -hmm. I have recommended it to. Um, But it's writing their own, it's morbid, writing their own obituary. Yeah. Um, And just, it, even if they don't, I've had some people where they're like, I just, I can't think about my mortality. So yeah. they don't fully do it, but they get the purpose and they get what mm-hmm. I'm getting at that. Like, no one's going to remember you for the size that you are. Yes. Um, yes. And it, there's a lot of mindset work that has to go in behind that until mm-hmm. you truly believe that because so many times we just really think that you know, people for some reason are going to remember, remember us for our size, which is just not, yeah. people remember you for your energy. People remember you mm-hmm. for the way they affected your life. Like there's no, has there ever been a person that you have come in contact with that you're like, wow, she really changed my life. She's so skinny. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, yeah, such a good point. Cause it's, I mean, we think that it's easy for us to think that about other people. And then when it comes to ourselves, it's like, but no, people are looking at me and they only want to be friends with me. If I look this way, if I'm this size, if I fit into this mold, but it doesn't apply to other people. And so it's helping people understand like, no, like your friends aren't picking you because of your body size. And if they are, you probably need to find new friends. Yes. (laughs) And like your partner isn't choosing to love you because of the way you look or your body size. And if your partner is, then you need to find a new one too. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, gosh, this conversation has been so, so good. Um, So one last question I like to ask all the guests just, and you mentioned this earlier being a foodie and I am a huge foodie too. I feel like most dietitians are, but one thing I like to know and ask people is what is your favorite food memory or one of your favorite food memories so whether it's like a recipe that you really love to make or a restaurant that you used to go to all the time that you love or some food memory that you have gosh I have so many yeah there's probably like a million (laughs) another thing we could do a whole podcast episode oh gosh I could say so many things but the one that comes to my mind is um have you ever been to Barcelona the country or state yes the uh, oh my gosh city city yeah no I haven't clearly (laughs) there's a restaurant in Nashville called Barcelona so that's why I was like 
so I went there and there's this restaurant there called De Greco uh-huh. and it was just such a cool experience. It's like all pasta. I'm like obsessed with pasta. Uh, yum. Um, and I mean, in general, my favorite things are pasta, bagels, and chocolate. Mm. Um, so, oh, also, oh, I have a few things. Okay. This is a very loaded question. <laughs> I know. It's um, hard to answer. So, DeGreco was uh-huh. a pasta place, and you order your pasta, and then every mm. single person at your table gets a sample of your pasta. So, like, if I got oh. the, you know, um, truffle ravioli, which was mm-hmm. absolutely unreal, um, everyone at my table that was with me also got a sample plate <gasps> of the truffle ravioli. What? So I was like, this is the smartest thing. So then you like, get a sample of everyone else's. Yes. Meal. Oh my gosh. That's my dream. It was absolutely amazing. Um, but then as I was talking, this isn't really, you know, that significant, but mm-hmm. it's kind of life changing. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like funfetti, like Pillsbury, is it even yes. Betty Crocker or whatever? Yes. Funfetti yes. cake. So I don't know if this is a new thing or if I just discovered it, but mm-hmm. now they make instead of like funfetti, it looks like funfetti, but it's rainbow chip. So they're Ooh. rainbow chocolate chips, <gasps> or I guess white chocolate chips, Ooh. instead of the sprinkles. And then they have it in oh. the cake and in the icing. And oh they, my gosh. It is absolutely like. Oh, I bet it's so good because it's I'm like it adds me. a cho- adds a chocolate taste to it. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh! Oh, I I just discovered it like two weeks ago, and I was I like, need I that. need to go buy that. Uh, also, I'm still. I will. I'm going to think about that all day. That place in Barcelona. That's like my favorite when going out to eat with people. Like when you have the meals that are like family style or like small yeah. plates where you get to like try a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. So then being able to get my own meal and share, like get to sample it's other people's. It's brilliant. Dream. I just can't brilliant. believe how did, uh, how did other restaurants don't do that? I yeah. don't know. Uh, yeah. That needs to happen. <laughs> or I'm, I'm going to Barcelona. The state. Yes. yes. <laughs> the, the city. State. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been so fun. Thank you for having me. If people are like, okay, where can I find her? You mentioned Instagram. Um, Tell everyone where they can find you. Um, Yeah. Instagram, your website. So Instagram is at lemons, L-O-A-N-D, lemons. Um, And then my website is laurenrd.com. I need to... uh, kind of add some more things on there but there are there are you know uh, a bunch of blog posts that mm-hmm. um, I have up there I'm working on getting more up there and then yeah. um, how you can work with me and all of that stuff is on my website and also on my Instagram page perfect well thank you so much again for coming on this was so such a good conversation so I'm excited yes. for everyone who's listening to this to get to hear me it too, but I can't can't wait till it goes live yes We hope you enjoyed this episode of Food Freedom Podcast. If you're curious how you can support our podcast and help it reach more people like you, we would love if you would take a minute to rate and review the show. And be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. We'll see you next episode.